This is... I got 75 with 80. 75, 70, 80. 80, 80, 80. That's called... The maybe not named for long market report. That's what Fez thinks. But Fez thinks like an engineer. But luckily, this is an engineer's job. But not naming things. We'll figure it out. Steve Fezzik joins. A lot of good feedback, Fez, off of what we did last week. And just, oh, it's great. Another pod. I'm happy. Let's keep rolling. We're going to split this up. And this is now the second pod. We're going to have a look back and a look forward. And the look forward is going to be about the market. And we've done a, most of the games that weren't all that exciting. I said, Fez, take, not, it's not that they weren't exciting. Let's just say it wasn't the gangbusters that we have in two of these games. So as a CEO, I get to say, you do those, Fez, and I'll jump in for these two. You get the sexy games. I, that's what I like. I like sexy. You know, you, we all like what we don't have, as they say. <laughs> First game is Thursday. I got to be honest with you. We've got to, oh, I've got to start betting more early, right? And I think starting next week, we add a third element to this. Look ahead on the lines, but then, you know, the moves that's happened, I guess in a way we're looking back to the opener, Mm -hmm. right? We're taping Monday afternoon into the night. We want to say what happened in the look ahead that evolved to the opener, that evolved to Monday morning and the big books open up and, or, you know, in Vegas and such, the brick and mortars up to now. Right? Yes. And then I want to add one more piece, which is next week's games. The look aheads come out on Tuesday. We should do a blind guess the lines, which effectively is making picks. Mm. Because if we say it should be pick them and it comes out at three, we like obviously the team that's favored or the team that's getting three. Sure. You, you like that idea? I do. Okay. All right. This game is, though, we got the Dolphins at the Bengals and Miami. A lot of plays they defended. If you look at that Buffalo game, though Miami won, a lot of plays defended. How much factor do you think fatigue is going to be? Biggest fatigue factor of the year. Wow. Perfect storm, 90 plays. All right, that's obvious. Now, what's an average NFL game? I think— You defend. I don't want to say— Mackenzie, you want to grab on the super sheet an average uh, last season? Yes. All right, I, I, I'm get yeah, sixty-ish, sixty-three. I thought it was a little higher, but we'll see. Yeah, I think I a little. It. I think a little higher. So, where was the game? Well, it was in Miami. It was a hundred degrees on the field, so I had to be playing defense in a hundred plus degree heat and humidity. Ninety plays, wowza! On the uh, at home, at home. So I'm used to if I'm Miami, I'm used to the heat. But uh, I got to tell you, this would be difficult to to wheel back on a, the next Sunday. On, now, the, on the road. Now I got to go the road. I got to go on the road, but not on for a Sunday road game. I got to go and play thousand mile travel to Cincinnati to play on Thursday night. Uh, that is just it is a, the sort of a sort of situation we've never seen this before, where in the NBA teams make business decisions all the time that eh, maybe people aren't going to play. I think if anybody's marginal in terms of being on the injury report, they could play. They could gut it out, but they're not a hundred percent. It but, but Fez, do you you always say that? At what point are we going to realize that Herbert is out there with hurt ribs when the game has a zero percent chance of happening? Well, that was that was a poorly but, run deci- organization or, decision. Or do we say this is what makes Herbert so? Like my grandfather was. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's think what he was. It was ninety five. He was um, eighty five years old, 
and he fell off a roof doing, changing gutters out because he didn't want to wait for my dad to come hold the ladder in the rain. Yeah. All right? But he, it hurt him. He took him six months to recover. It probably took a little out of him from then on. But in a weird way, you could lament that or you could say the reason he's 85 and on a roof is because he's always just barreled ahead, barreled always ahead. Always going balls to the wall. And, yeah, and, and sometimes there's a cost to it, but net-net it was a net win. Isn't that the case with a Herbert? You can't tell him now's the time not to have competitive, you know, fire. That that certainly is is the case, and it does fire up the whole team that he's out there and being a warrior with you. You know, with going back to the Dolphins, though, they're three and zero. They just got the big win against Buffalo. The fact that they got a W makes me like this game anti Dolphins even more. You know, going into a short week, and I got to tell you. Um, this is purely a situational spot because we can debate who's better. And we're not so much going to handy. I mean, we're talking about this one factor. We're going to tell you what happened in the line more than handicap the game, but go ahead. Yeah, but as far as making a line, you know what? Whether Is Cincinnati better? Is Miami better? It's too close to call. It's a really close thing. So All right, so let's look at this real quick because let's see what the line was. We can see Citrus Paribus, as we used to say in college, all things equal except what we think the fatigue did. Because this line opened up last week at one and a half, and uh, Westgate opened it up. Bet a line. The, the fourth or the uh, bet Chris has. Dude, does bet Chris have to look ahead to their no. own site? But they got him at the the what do you call it? The white label or whatever. Yes. Uh, it's called bet four one one or something. You know, bet four one one does not have it. Oh, so I don't think bet Chris has them at all. Oh, I thought they I could did. be mistaken. I, I know th- bet online does. Okay. All right. So at least those two do. And, and the openings were in that um, minus. So it was Westgate first, right, McKenzie? And what, I can't, for some reason, I can't see now. Um, yeah, so Westgate had the Bengals minus two. Okay, that was online first. had the Bengals minus one and a half, minus right. one, minus one. And then they converged to minus one and a half, both of them. They kind of popped up and down mm-hmm. by half a point. But Bengals minus one and a half was pretty much the, the look ahead line. So looking at the actual opens here, Westgate first. This is the look aheads now, favored by two. And that was uh, the Bengals. And then bet online soon after said, oh, we're going to open. We're going to make it one. Now, why wait? Here's the weird part. If you're going to go one and two is whatever, right? But for teasers and stuff, right, matters. Sure. If you're going to wait for Westgate to open because you're scared, (laughs) why open at a different number? Well, for all we know, they're going to open Miami minus one. And now they made them plus one. Okay. So now that's an interesting point. But, boy, you think they could be off that? Or who knows what the market is, right? Yeah, the, no, no one knew what the plays was. I mean, this he, we could have project. I mean, is this maybe something to think about? Look to play the look-aheads against the teams that play down south early? Yes. That's a good point that's because it. that's going to be the narrative. Yeah, Because the theory is that, that maybe sometimes it's going to be a modest effect. Sometimes it's a big effect. But it seems like an effect that probably isn't built into the opener. Yes, especially when, you, when you're wheeling right back for a Thursday game. This is, a, this is the yeah. perfect bad storm. Yes. That's interesting. Okay, so anyway, what happened was it stayed in that range. It kind of moved to one and a half, as you would maybe guess. And then the games happened. So this was all the way last week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They come down. Games get played, they put them back up. Boom, right away it was minus two, it seemed, generally. Went to two and a half very quickly. And then Chris, who has sat back and not been involved yet, and again, that's Bet Chris Online, also known as bookmaker.eu, 
the biggest in the world, you'd say? Oh, yeah, I would. Yes. What about those famous like secret Asian markets? I don't about know. Ten may, billion. Maybe they take more volume, but is that not yen? Nearly... Maybe it's yen. But they, it, it, it's kind of like Squid Games. It's like they're, 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 there's this black market, but I'm unfamiliar is there with really? It. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Who knows? I, don't know. uh, I never. Uh, let's just say this: I don't bet in, into the Asian markets. Okay, I can't lie. I, <laughs> now my action may get laid off there. Let's be honest. Mm. If they're smart. <laughs> Four and one this week, by the way. All right. What'd you think of that card? Oh, you know, ultrasound. I was so happy that I the, didn't want to talk about I was Washington. So, so happy to see the Atlanta plus one and a half because, like, we were talking about, like, I, we didn't want to take Atlanta pick, but but getting a point or a point and a half. I think I would have taken them pick. Yeah. I mean, it didn't matter, did it? No. Oh. No. I mean, I'm saying it could have mattered. Yeah. Um. But but but. What did we do in the? I mean, you picked the circa. What did we do there? I believe we were three and two. Okay. All right. Because you like Chicago at two and a half, so you would have had that one. And I like Jacksonville, and yeah. I like Miami. So what did we add? We added Cincinnati. We lost, lost, I think I lost. I lost. Uh, but I added, like I'm the one that pushed you to Cincinnati. I know I lost Washington. Okay. I pushed you to Cincy. Did we play Tampa? No, 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 no. I wouldn't have allowed okay, that. Let me... All right. So let's think about this. A I'll second. double check. Right? Yeah. Because I think I pushed you into. Um, and there was one other one. Oh, Baltimore. That was the two I pushed you into. We played Baltimore, yeah. Miami. Uh huh. Cincinnati, uh-huh. Washington, and Jacksonville. We went four and one. Uh-huh. And and let's be honest, is two of those came from me. Yes. But you had Chicago, which I didn't like. In hindsight, that was the toughest win you would have gotten. Yes. Four oh no, they had that the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> four and one. And I tell you, I think I if I would have picked three more games, I don't know if they would have been lo- I, I think they all would have you, 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 you really liked Atlanta. You wanted Atlanta. Oh, for sure. But tonight I would have liked um, Dallas. You that can, maybe was my next. And you that, considered Kansas City, but you got off yeah, of it. Yeah, but you know something? You're right, because I was kind of thinking, and, and let's be honest, you watch that game. I, I mean, let's look real. I mean, we're going to do this during the recap so you get a feel of what the recap is. But let's just take a second and talk about, because McKenzie's done even more good work, and I helped a little, on um, – the projections, let's just look at this one game, is we got a stats projection on what the score could have been and we or should have been, and we got Kevin Cole, and we're talking about Buffalo, or I'm sorry, we're talking about Kansas City, right? Yes, they're laying five to five and a half. All right, and the stats say they should have won by five, right? Is that what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And then the uh, Kevin Cole says they should have won by five. five. So let's just say this. It should, I mean, I think it was five in the contest. It was super, f- it was five and a half. Not in the, on the, super, on the super contest. It was five. But yeah, yeah. Right. So okay. Right. I mean, listen, we win some, we should lose. Yeah. But I, I don't think the Colts the Colts didn't overly impress me. No. Oh, did you see that taunting call? The, the game. What was is up? up with that? I mean, I curse yeah. out my opponents on a daily on every play. I think, that's well, not. Yeah, <laughs> that's the people you don't that don't know you're doing it. You're kind of like a you know like a witch doing like uh, you don't have any voodoo at home, do you? <laughs> you know, since I when I saw Child's play and I saw him do that with that voodoo doll, which was one of the scariest things ever. I, I, I might have one. Chucky, um, the. Uh, I think the league didn't want the Colts to go on three because then how bad is that? You think about it, how bad is the South? I point. mean, Jacksonville will talk about it's it. It's almost like point of emphasis. You wonder, they send a memo out, hey, if this guy starts, you know, he's he's talking it up more than anybody else. Don't let him get out of control. Do you think it's fair to say that penalty swung? I mean, Kansas City is, what, over 80% at that point to win the game? Yeah, Kansas City's up four. I'm going to do the math. They're up. There's five minutes left, so they're getting the ball. And One Kansas first C- down. Kansas City's the king at two first downs. Yeah, Kansas City's the king at the four-minute offense. How often do we see Mahomes willing to run to run out the clock? 80's too high. I would still have it, but you're, you're in the ballpark. So over 70. Okay. So McKenzie can look it up. 
Well, we on the on the percentage, like you can just pull up the game. Oh, that's true. We could, oh, but, but, but we don't get the play. They, they we won't do. show. We do. Yeah. yeah, we get on each play. Um, you just got to get it from the direct RSS. But that sack is obviously a huge enhancer for for Kansas City's win percentage. Well, the fourth quarter win share says Colts were, and this is pregame.com, proprietary. Colts 40% to win the game, weighted in the fourth mm. quarter. So, even, I mean, con, even considering, boy, that play, would, yeah, that's interesting. And the idiot kicker for Kansas City. Well, those things happen. It's just when there was a taunting penalty yeah. – have you ever seen that where the play's over? It's a key high leverage play. It was probably the biggest play up to that point in the game. Never. That they call, they throw a late flag like that. Never. Because you would think they'd have a lot of restraint there because exactly. they know it's going to swing the or chances of swinging the game. Exactly. Same thing. It's, it's almost like an NBA game where if someone already has a technical, you never tee them up a second time in a, in a highly leverage it's, point. It's, it, Plus, you hit the ref or something. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Mackenzie, you did the work. So, real quick, why don't you tell us what was the, what was the situation at that point? So, before the play, before the third down that we got sacked, they had a 23% chance to win. The Colts did. After that play and after the penalty, they had a 30% chance. So if you have so you the play right. minus the penalty, you'd have to think it's 15%. 80, it's 85, yeah. So, so your number was right. Mine was well, wrong. Yeah. Listen, I, I'll bet you on that more often. Um, so my sense is Colts got the win. I don't I don't know. I do think you got to downgrade KC some because now we see they only have one impressive game, really. I mean, now the Chargers look worse. I know you can say— and we'll be talking about all these teams. Yeah, yes. you're right, you're right, you're right. That's the other part. We're teasing it. We're teasing it. Anyway— Chris steps in and says, oh, no, you kids are wrong. The line should be three here. Boom, the market, boom, boom, falls in line. Exactly. So it's like Sunday around 5 p.m., somewhere around there, that as soon as Chris puts up three, everyone goes to three rapidly. Yep. And we don't know if they're moving on air. We don't know if they're taking one more bet. Who knows? It doesn't matter that much. We know that the market, the most influential market presence is Chris. Because they take the biggest bets. Yes. And the theory is because they take the biggest bets, no one's going to dummy up a game there. Because why spend the most? Like what Billy back in the day allegedly Walters, and tell me if I'm right on this, Fez want to do by dummying up games. Where can they bet strategically, modest money, that will have the biggest effect on the market? Because then if you have a game at four and you want it to get to six, how much per dollar? Can you? What kind of movement can you get per thousand dollars bet? Right. Exactly right. So if, by example, if um, if Circa was around, Circa's taking fifty thousand on a college football game, and Pinnacle's taking ten thousand, and the markets are paying more attention to Pinnacle than Circa. Now, do you think that's true? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and it would make sense. Pop two max bets into Pinnacle with one of your red. Uh, red hot accounts that That's normally that normally it's betting the right side, but this so time it's, it's the partially wrong one. camouflage too. Then yes, if you're if you dummy up a game, camouflage for that account. Although Pinnacle in that case, Pinnacle doesn't care about camouflage. They they take action from everybody. So, yeah, 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 but yeah. but in general, yes. Um, so they don't reduce. I mean, they give their stated limits to everyone. They do. That's impressive. You got. Uh, I'm not sure it's good. I mean, it is if you're a genius like they've been at moving lines and stuff. But in general, I don't hold that standard to an average sports book. You right. can't just take any act. I mean, we've seen them try that, and they get shut down really quick. Yeah, we've we've seen that movie before. Yes, <laughs> and you were right in the center of that one. A no couple doubt. Times. And you, but you're the only one that took glee in mm. it. <laughs> Others felt remorse, you know. But <laughs> okay. And now the rest of that night, three. 
next day, people go, ah, did you look at that box score? Do you see how, how, how hot it was in Miami? And they, that, that defense was out there for 90 plays, and now they got to they gotta play on Thursday. And so the narrative took over. And two of, I think he had a heat stroke at one point. He was wobbling. Yeah, yeah we're still trying to decide <laughs> if he drank too, you know, during the in between during halftime or what was going on there, yes. So uh, the bottom line is markets at three. Yeah, it's funny. So Sunday at four so p.m. So moved to three and a half. Yeah, you might want to get to that. Okay, exactly. On Monday, when other people, when other books opened up, and the bets came in. Exactly. So how often you're going to see that? Three is obviously everything. Three is such an important number. Boom, goes from two and a half on Sunday afternoon to three Sunday night to three and a half Monday morning, which is effectively about forty cents. Laying minus two and a half, minus one fifty. Is comparable to laying three and a half minus one ten. So think about that's like going on a money line, going from like a minus you know one thirty to minus one fifty, yeah. minus one fifty five to minus one seventy five. Right. And, and we got a. This is a. First of all, this might be the best game ever for us. And here's what I mean. One, it shows the wisdom of thinking about the Sunday, the look ahead, versus the Sunday night opener, and the action versus Monday. Because it's three different views. Yes. And we and as you can see, if there wasn't different action, this I think you were a little skeptical with the whole Monday morning thing. That as yeah. time has passed, you feel like maybe that's become less important. Well, why would this thing look how long it was at three? It stayed at three all night. The new places opened up, the Caesars of the world, and all of a sudden they were willing to bet that. Exactly, because now there's a syndicate out there like, shit, we didn't get minus two and a half, but that's okay Maybe because they we're going to bet. But they want to get more. Yeah, they, well, exactly. We got we we make this game four. You know, it's fine. We'll lay three, but you know, let's not let's not tip our hand now. The line already went to three. Let's not bet for for ten thousand. Let's wait till a bunch of other books and ones get a real good kick at the can at minus three. Because I I think as liquidity goes up, meaning more batting. The um, the viability of an organization built on batting goes up because you can just I mean imagine if you were thinking should I get a, a blackjack team together but if it got twenty five dollar limits in any area in any casino in your town doesn't make a ton of sense right but if because there's just not enough money you can make twenty five dollar max yeah the twenty oh did I say men okay no you just said twenty five never heard of oh. like a twenty five you know that's a great well, what question. I'm saying is like a what's, real small max what's the lowest max that you've ever seen. See, I'm not a casino like blackjack guy as much as you, but I would think there's places that don't want to go over 50, right? Like small ones. You know, probably in like Ely. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. places like I know the West Old Westward Ho used to have a $200 max. And that was low. That was the lowest on the Vegas Strip was 200. Let's yeah. just say the amount though in your town was such that it didn't make a ton of sense to put a team together. Yes. But if MGM comes in and are willing to take 5,000 and you think your team can beat them, all of a sudden it becomes more viable, right? Yes. The liquidity in the world market, and again, those Asian outs, I don't know, but the liquidity in the world market has gone up so much that all of a sudden now, instead of having a team of four, maybe you have a team of 12, each one, computer programmer, AI, yep. meteorologist, but now they're going to want to bet two, 300, because people are buying, you know, some of them are going to be shares. just making guess, salary. Yeah, some are going to be putting money in so they can actually have a bigger percentage of the bets. Right. Yeah, but if you can bet a hundred thousand down, now you can feed twelve people. Yeah. So to me, if the ROI on a typical bet, and these are really good syndicates, now some are going to be high volume with lower ROIs, but let's just say ten percent. That's a little dreamy, I think. Right? A little high. That, that's too high. All right. Let's say seven. 
I think seven's fair. Yeah. If Again, it matters how much volume they but win. But I'll be conservative. Let me say five. five. All right, five. So That's the, conservative. The theory is for every unit you win, betting 100,000, you win 5,000. Or every unit you bet, you win 5,000 theoretically. So let's, use, let's get out of theoretical and go into actual. So the Bengals game, let's say the line should be three and a half. All right? They laid three. That's a 55% bet. Okay? You can go 50, 40, and two. And 10. 50, 40, and 10 if you make it 100 times. Let, let me be clear about this. So a lot of people are going to think... Oh, two and a half to three and a half. Eh, it's one point. I know that supposedly RJ is always saying and Fed's always saying it's a key number. Quantify for me. Let's assume at two and a half, the line or that it was going to be a 50-50 split. I mean, I guess half the time the favorite was going to win against the spread. Half the time the dog was going to win against the spread. Going to three, then going to three and a half does what for my chances? You're going to increase your your win rate by 5% to get onto the number and another 5% to get off the number. So you're going to essentially— Three specifically, not all numbers. That's right. So let me use this game as an example. The current line is minus three and a half. Let's assume the Bengals cover minus three and a half 50% of the time, okay? Okay. Now, the Bengals are going to win by exactly three approximately 10% of the time. So what's going to happen, if I'm laying three and a half and I win 50%, if I lay two and a half— I'm going to win 60%. I'm going to pick up an extra 10. So since he minus 2.5, 60% bet. Since he minus 3, 55% bet. I'm just going to prorate minus in the middle. Minus 2.5, 50. Minus 3.5, 50, yes. Oh. So, so now the ROI, if I, if, I, if I hit 55%, that's like a 5% ROI. Mm-hmm. If I lay 2.5, that is a um, – I double the ROI, and that's 10%. But that's why you, you said 7% for what syndicates are going for, for really good yeah. bets. So this would be – let's say you get half of it minus 2.5. Half of it minus three, seven and a half percent ROI. All right, that's a great example. Great example. Okay, and you know this stuff as well as anyone. Kudos on that. Now, here's the question: It would be seven thousand theoretical hold for this syndicate for every hundred thousand they bet. Yes. On each game. So the theory is, I mean, this makes a ton of sense. If they could get three hundred thousand off on a game, because here's the thing: Why? Oh, three hundred. That's so much. If you had fifty million dollars, you don't, Fez. Right? I don't. If you had, he says sadly, if you had 50, I don't have 50. If you had 50 million and there was a syndicate you trusted where there was a principal in there you trusted, they were signing LLC papers. It was all legit. I mean, they're not messing around. I mean, there might be people that's got a piece of it in Costa Rica that doesn't, you know, that's not a U.S. involved and, you know, they are being gray, but they're not in the country. What's the difference, right? I mean, I guess I don't, I don't know. I'm not giving legal advice, but I've never been to Costa Rica by choice. And any place they kidnap people, I'm just, you know, just because they, oh, that guy's got some money. Let's kidnap him. I, I've Not heard, my kind of place. I've heard stay, stay away from San Jose and the rest of it's great. Oh, that's what every, listen, where's that coming from, though? People that have an interest in Costa Rica. There you it? go. All right. So um, all of a sudden now, wouldn't you be inclined to say, okay, let's say that um, bankroll wise, in theory, you'd want your amount to be about Kelly or half Kelly. So, Let's say one percent, just to keep it real simple. So, would you, if you, would, would you put a million bucks in and want two thousand on every bet? God, of course. Why not? Why they're not? They're doing all the work. I just sit on the and beach. And maybe they're taking fifteen percent or twenty percent of the win. Just but, sit on the on the beach and earn one percent per bet. Sure. And and in theory, you'd be owning, you'd be winning the their ROI minus expenses or minus twenty percent. So that'd be, what, 1.4 below? You'd be at 5.4% ROI if it's just seven, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So to me, their ability to accrue money or to build a big bankroll or money under management, 
I don't think it's the idea of, of someone betting 300000 a game or a group is all that crazy. It, it really isn't. And especially if you look at, like, micro edges, you know, like this sounds like, hey, this is the stone cold nuts. We're laying, you know, we're laying three when the line's three and a half. That's really good. It's still only a 5% ROI. Bet 100000 You make 5000 You know, that's good work. But that's it's not like that's theoretically. Yeah, that's you're going to the win or lose the game, but over the long run. Yes, I mean that's to put in blackjack terms. We talk about blackjack. That's like betting five thousand on a true count of plus ten. True counts plus ten don't come around, come along very often. So my thought is we're going to see more and more of these jumbo syndicates hmm. because more and more people appreciate gambling and people love. I mean, listen, they say when you get really rich, it's hard to feel it. Because like you can get you can fly anywhere you want for a big heavyweight fight if you got ten million, right? Maybe not private, but you jump on first class, you get nice tickets, you eat steak beforehand. You want to get a pro, you want a lady of the evening. You got your pick of them. Whatever you want for like a rich person's night, if you got twenty mil, you can have it pretty much every weekend. But if you have four hundred million, what's different? Private jet, right? But what else? I don't know. I've never had that. But I would think something like this where you get to be a – like Bill Maher bought a piece of the Mets, mm-hmm. and then he sold it. He's a pretty cranky dude, right? He's always kind of a little peeved. He's high. All, you know, he was talking like a little boy because I was – I owned part of the Mets, and he was a Mets fan growing up. You, you walk into a Starbucks, you get crappy service. You can, like, immediately buy the Starbucks and fire the employee. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting that that's where your mind went. It was fine. More people, more people out of work. But, but my point is that being a part of a syndicate that you could tell your buddies, hey, and let them buy into you. Mm-hmm. Here's our bets. It comes over this little private VPN, you know, and you're winning and winning and winning. You know, you know how it feels. You've had this experience as much as anyone. If you got someone you give picks to, and you're winning. They're so in love with you. Oh, completely. Because they have wanted to win their whole life. Yeah. They can tell their friends who they're batting with. I think this, these big syndicates are going to have that effect on guys that have $100 million if they figure out how to market and whatever. Exactly. All right. So w- I want to ask you about so, this Bengal game. We, yeah. So what? we're saying this is worth $0.40. Cent. Does, does that feel right to you that the rest or the fatigue factor is worth that much from yeah. 10 and a half to 20 Yes. And what the market got wrong is they just priced this like any other game and they didn't get the Thursday that the, the leveraging of the— But when do you think it went wrong? When it opened at 2? Uh, I think it, it went— I, I think, No, I think it went wrong the week before. I think they will put up a soft number on the, the look-ahead line mm. and people you just— can't, You can't go to 3 off of fatigue. No, no, because you'd never know. Like, hey, the yeah. Buffalo game could have been like a blowout, and then all this would have gone in the garbage can, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm not sure I agree. I think the opening on Sunday— I two, agree with you. The, op- the opener—and and what's—, what's, what's and who, who was that? Was that, um, was that Westgate? Who opened first on Sunday? Westgate opened before Bookmaker on Sunday. Okay. Well, Bookmaker opened up three. at three later. But before Bet Online. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I think this was just a matter of—remember, these poor bookmakers— I mean, the Sunday night game's about to start. You know, all heck's breaking loose. They're, like, trying to evaluate how they did, what their exposures, their liability in the late games are. There's baseball games going. There's a whole lot going on. And so they're like, all right, well, you know, we, we, want, we want to be booking the action. But it's a little bit exploratory when they're putting their, their numbers up. Well, let's be honest. Look at headline, or I'm sorry, the, the world openers, they'll take a night, what do they take, 5,000 maybe? I mean, I think Bet Online takes five, if I'm not and mistaken. And I think Westgate only. Yeah, they're going to take less, I think. Yeah, I know on the app they only take 1,000. 
Okay, so here's the thing. It, I, it's called a dime, by the way. I don't know if you mm. know. But here's here's the a vanilla chip. <laughs> here's the thing. By the way, oh, I, I'm gonna. I'm just looking to see if there's 90 or more plays. So how many plays did uh, the uh, Buffalo run? 30. It was 90 to 39. Okay, it was 90 exactly. Okay. Might plus or minus one. All right, let me see here. Because I went over 90 and I didn't see it in the database. So let me see. Now, this trend or the effect of this kind of fatigue, at least just play count, is if, if your defense had 90 or more plays on the field the last week, 18 and 22 against the spread. Uh, 45%, and that's about two and a half points of ATS margin. So mm. decent margin. But now, as you're going to say, I'm sure, consider the Thursday, right? Consider the heat. This is a perfect storm of fatigue. Exactly. And I like the fact that they're off a win. I think it's much more likely that a team's mm. off of a win can take a step back and say, exhale, we got the W. You know, we like to win this Thursday, but it's not. They're undefeated, a, though, too. Enough. Well, I mean, you know, it's one of the Someone already put, um, the Golden Nugget, um, Tony Miller, or he's a Dolphin fan. He's like, what are the – I think the Dolphins have a 5% chance to go undefeated. I'm like, good luck with that. <laughs> Remember now, Fez, you know about this in human nature. When does it all end, huh? How many yachts can you water ski behind? How much is enough? Four no, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much. Um, that's fascinating. I'm going to say that you won the last game because I wonder how many. So we got 41 teams in this sample. How many do you think won while their defense played 90 plays? Seven. Seven of the 41. Let's yes. see. 13. Mm, okay. 13 won. Interesting. Um, oh, wait, wait. That was they won the game upcoming. Okay. Oh. Let's look back again. Okay, one second. You know, doing, doing these uh, queries and doing radio at the same time, not necessarily easy. So I apologize. Let's say they won the previous. Oh, it was actually uh, 19. 19. Now that shocks me. Now, what's interesting is if they won, the ATS margin actually goes to minus 3.7. So your instincts, at least in a small sample, are right that winning after you really got tired makes you down the next game you a little bit. You just see the coaching staff. Like, everybody take off the next two days. We'll see everyone Wednesday. You know, it's... You know, mm -hmm. after after a W, well, in this case, they couldn't do that because they'll be flying to Cincinnati that day. Let me pose: Do we consider second half bets against? Ooh, right. I, I, I like I like where you're thinking that. Um, obviously, that fatigue is going to have its biggest impact late in the game. Coach still have enough. We can bet third and fourth quarter, right? Yeah, yeah, and and also. You know, the, I think the chance of a blowout. If ever there was a team not mm -hmm. to tease this week, do not tease them. You wouldn't tease them anyways, but don't tease the Dolphins. So in a weird way, there's an inverse correlation between your desire to tease and your desire for alternative lines with big payouts. Because you, yes. when, when you're teasing, you're buying points, and when you lay extra lumber, you're selling points. Yes, right? and, yes. You're saying, and I want to sell the point. I want to lay 14.5 with Cincinnati and get a jumbo payout because it certainly is going to happen more often than a typical game. And some of this could be two of Faden, too, mm. right? Thinking if he gets if he is proven to have had a concussion, he won't be able to play Thursday. Although their backup's very capable. Yeah, but, I mean, two is playing better than Teddy Two Glove but, right now. Yeah, no, there's no question about that. I mean, I, I'm— Teddy what? They call him Teddy Two Gloves. He wore oh, yeah. gloves. Yeah, at the... I heard that. <laughs> um, listen, he's one of the best backups. No I'll doubt. tell you that much. Better than Trey Lance. I mean, we gave him a week on that. Mm -hmm. 
Jimmy G bring back any memories for you, McKenzie? Too many. Too many. <laughs> what, what, what maybe, the, the, you know, so we talk about the more volatile, mm-hmm. volatility of this game. You know, you've got a, a forecast. I say it closes four. I think the narrative's too strong that it doesn't just leak up another half point. Well, one of the things we're going to start doing, here's the thing. From here on, uh, you've actually recorded already these games. Mm-hmm. And we didn't go, or you didn't go in to the little micro details and we got some access to some graphing and stuff that actually makes it easy to glance and see what happened. Starting next week, we're going to do that for every game. From here, you're going to do a general market report you've done. and But I also think next week, we're going to emphasize more what you think the moves coming up are going to be. And we're going to keep track because you did about four years. You were releasing mm-hmm. about five line moves a week, if I remember, right? Yes. And you hit, I mean, this sounds crazy. If you eliminate all games in which there was no move, which you might say, is that fair? Yeah, because if Fez is saying, let's just say, do you have any line move prediction in this game? Yeah, my, I would be, still be to Cincinnati. Up Go a little higher. bit. To okay. four. Now, here's the thing. You could say, is Fez, Fez is right. You're saying 70, what was it, like 73% of the yeah. time or something. Okay. Here's the thing. If the line doesn't move, you're neutral if you play now or later. Because this is what his predictions are about. Do you play now or later? Well, what does he think the line's going to be later? Then you can say if he's right 77% of the time, why not follow it? So you've already formulated your opinion. I'm going to bet on this team. I'm going to bet on the Bengals. It just matters when. Exactly. Based upon what you're saying, now is the time. Now, here's what's interesting. If it doesn't move, you're neutral. If you bet now, if you bet later, it doesn't matter. It only matters when it moves, and thus Fez moves at least about three out of four times in his favor. Yes. So we'll be doing that on this pod also, you know, very specifically starting next week. And we'll keep track of those results. All right, Fez, anything else to say before we throw to your uh, no RJ kind of rest of the pod? I want to talk about one more game. Okay. Oh, Specifically the Arizona-Carolina Okay, game. so what we'll do is we'll keep this here, but then you'll talk about that later and everyone can say, boy, that was better with RJ. So, go ahead. <laughs> so this is fascinating because you've got a comp – Weeks three and four, you've got very similar games, all right? So week three, New Orleans was at Carolina. Carolina was catching two, all right? Week four, though, there was a look-ahead lineup. Arizona was at Carolina, all right? All right? So let's think about this. So now the question is, how's Arizona versus New Orleans? Exactly. Right. I firmly believe, and I'm not on an island, New Orleans is not just better. They're significantly better than Arizona. So what's your power rating say? So my power ratings, which I've moved here. Mm-hmm. Let me. Well, take your time. Now, I, I got to tell you this. I think Arizona is, they could be really bad. Because with the Raiders losing, it's like that win looks worse. And obviously that win was end of the game heroics. And additionally, with Kansas City losing, even though, again, I think the score was a little misleading, now Arizona looks worse. If you get crushed Mm-hmm. By a team that isn't that could have lost to the Chargers easily, and then they lose this game. I'm not sure. I, I've downgraded Arizona in general this week, um, not even counting their game. But go ahead. Yeah, so I have Arizona two points worse than New Orleans. I think that most of the world is in agreement with me. But what matters is where did you have them before last week? And before I had them a point and a half different. Okay, so that and now you're making your adjustments. And what do you think of the line? I. The the line made no sense in this right, so game. Give the line because Carolina on the look ahead line was catching two and a half points mm-hmm. for week four. All right, right so the, this the, is Carolina at hosting, home plus two and a half. Yes, hosting Arizona, which is comparable to the Saints, except for Carolina was only plus two against the Saints. So if you're so if you're catching two against the Saints, 
there's no way you should be catching two against Arizona. You should be pick them. All right, so or, you're saying the line's off by about two because you're saying they were a point and a half worse and they were laying an extra point or half point. You add it up, it's a two-point delta. Right, and there were threes out there. So Carolina was actually catching three to two and a half on the look-ahead lines, which I just thought was outstanding value. And so I, I banged that you know, last week, and here we saw— So when you say you banged it— you gave it out to your clients. I bet it, and then I gave it to my clients. I never do this. I gave them my clients. I got to check with Tom how to handle this. I gave it out to my clients on t- midweek. Uh-huh. I said, go ahead and bet the, the plus three on, uh, on Carolina. And okay. then on— well, what, what do you have to check the handle? On Sunday, mm-hmm. I gave it out again. I mm-hmm. said, it's still available. Mm-hmm. Bet it again. So whatever the highest star rating was— that's what it should be. That should, right? Yeah, yes. because so I I give mean, it you're, just, you're reiterating that at the current market— In fact, every time you keep a pick up— you put a pick up Monday. Keeping it up Tuesday means you're reiterating that pick, right? Right. Wednesday. Now, if you take the pick down, you're still going to be on record for that pick. Sure. Right? So it's just a matter of saying this is no longer or this is still a quality pick. No change is disqualified. In exactly. In this case, I made it a two-star pick, and then I upgraded. I said, no, make it a three-star pick. And as long as that three is at the number that it was at three. Yes. Right? Because you can't – right now, I would love to have uh, Cincinnati minus two and a half. Exactly. But if I made that a one-star, let's say before, and now I make it a three at three and a half, a three-star – now you got to put in the second pick exactly. at the new at the point. That's fine. And we yeah. do that sometimes. Yes, well, very rarely. Very but rarely, yeah. but, it, but again, yeah. we're shown we've thought through all this because again, we spent many years with seemingly teams of people trying to debunk us, and they hated that one place actually had every pick ever graded, and everyone could look as deep as they wanted. But that wasn't good for them. They hated that because how can you say that Fez can't win even though he lives in a mansion? I don't know. But I, I it's think their problem. I think you said something very sage because it wasn't like Arizona had a terrible game or result against the Rams, but there's something c- mm. clear with that this team, there's something very wrong with Arizona. Do you agree with me? And and quickly, let's just get that Rams score from the McKenzie sheet. Does that sound right? It doesn't sound right, does it? The McKenzie sheet. How do we acknowledge that I'm vital, but I don't want it to seem like I need to say it? Say it. Is that, is that what you do? Just, History says that's not the move, though, now that I think on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Scoreboard says Rams by eight. Boy, that was that they score late 20 touchdown? to 12, yeah. Yeah, but, garbage. Yeah, that was Arizona did, right? Yeah. Okay. And then a stat say four only, four for the Rams. And Kevin Cole says 10. So I would say, you know what we're going to do? It's going to be interesting, Mackenzie. These stats have no garbage time taken out, right? Correct. I got a feeling the, the cold numbers and these are going to come together as we take out garbage time, mm. right? Because yes. in theory, you're dismissing that, but we aren't. We're counting that those yards as much as any yard. All right, Fez. Uh, well, well, I guess all you, so this was really just a big five minutes for you to promote that you had a pick that got because what the current line is <laughs> is what Carolina's laying one and a half. So, but but people who your clients, not just the the thousand dollar a month bet like a pro people, the normal work a day. The masses that follow Fez. We call it Team Fez sometimes, Fez Nation. <laughs> That's pretty good. Those people had it too. They got the deal. It's like Lily with AT&T. The existing customers, they got the deal. The Bet Like a Pros, they got the deal. Everybody got the deal. Except you if you haven't <laughs> signed up for Fez. Or, you know, I think for the NFL, he's the way to go. Um, Mackenzie, how'd you guys do on your contest? Three and two. Well, listen, considering last year, you're way ahead of the game. 
their pick. I got it. You ever profile a guy's picks by just one five pick card? You're like, oh no, that's on me. Oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. You should have seen these picks. It's like a, seeing a poker player. You see him play one hand a certain way, and you're like, oh, he can't play. And it's funny when I look at him. Yeah, it's true. I think you can tell that someone can't play, but you can't tell if they can play very quickly. Yes, like like you 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 watch like a, a guy makes a call. And you're like against a rock dino who bets like a value bet, like any calls with like like a pair of fives. And you're like, I would never call that in a million years against that guy. That 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 call will never win in the history of the world, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think you're. I want to be in that game. I think it's fair to say. Could you imagine? Don't look. Don't look at the screen. Could you imagine picking five picks last week, and the total points you were getting if you add up all your dogs was zero? Well, shh. I'm, Meaning that every pick, no one was getting points on the card on McKenzie's oh, card. Oh, to play five pickums or yeah. favorites. Yeah, probably it's like a once in a lifetime situation. <laughs> <laughs> he said, and and it's funny whenever I look at these picks because I don't want to see him really until I put my stuff or yeah. our stuff in. You know, and McKenzie does a great job. He's down at the Westgate taking pictures of the screen, so I get the latest. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. Then when I look at him, I just under my breath, I go, fucking AJ. It's like I know what the ones AJ's pushing him into. So the I'm guessing. Let me, can I predict what, 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 what their the favorites picks, were? Yeah, okay, yeah. You don't know? Okay, go ahead. They played the Bengals. Yeah, Bengals, which, again, we, that was our next pick. Uh, the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Not the, which, not the, again, I like the Chiefs. I mean, the, I did, there was enough people on the other side. I said, why? Am, there's easier ways McKenzie's to make money. from Chicago. He laid the two and a half with the Bears. No, 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 no. Nope. He's got, it, it, well, you know McKenzie had the 49ers. Like one and a half. Oh, my gosh. That's That's horrible. Oh, man, that's sad. I thought they were plus. Weren't they plus earlier in the week? Now, there's a story. Mackenzie, tell RJ the story about your, your plus 105 bet on 49ers. So it was plus two and a half at the end of day, Sunday, last Sunday. Plus two and a half for whom? The 49ers were getting points. Okay. We were all texting. The 49ers going to close favorites. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Wake up tomorrow, the next day, Monday morning. I see that the line's moving. Pick them, minus one. I'm like, let me hurry up and play Moneyline plus 100 on the 49ers instead of the plus one and a half, which would have been a winner. I was a loser. Because the plus one and a half had gone away, and the plus 100 was still out there. At least there. you got your sleep. Exactly. If I would have just acted when I first heard about the concept and thought about it, I would have been a winner. That's okay. Lose 1,100 instead of winning 1,000. That's you know, only a 2,100 difference to my bankroll. That's, that's seven <laughs> hours of work, right? I mean, you know, that's one of those nights we were talking about if you own like a— like a Seven Eleven that you would have in Vegas. I mean, imagine what kind of night you could, you and a gal could have with twenty one hundred in Vegas. I do. I mean, you could go to any restaurant, eat eat like a buffet. Just tell them bring out five or six dishes. You know, right? I mean, think about it. That might be think five about the hundred. damage we did at Benihana's that night. <laughs> I we had some expiring comps about four years ago, so we were six uh, years ago, so we all went to Benihana's. No, 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 it wasn't six. It was, it was right four. before Straight Out of Vegas started, so four years. Yeah, ago. four okay. years ago, and so we have, we had like a thousand dollars to spend at Benihana's, which just and does. Faz was very. And he, this is another example of him talking about something to make him look good. Continue. Well, we did. I, I think was <laughs> Mackie there? I think he ordered. Yeah, whoever, the he ordered the lobster the and all. It's fine. Yeah. I think he got two and brought one home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, big balls bat, as they go. say. So, AJ, who was, or I'm sorry, Mackenzie, who was responsible for each of these picks? It was a group effort. I say, uh, <laughs> come on, who was the main advocate? 
of each pick. Quickly. I was Chiefs, Packers, 49ers. Scott said Bengals. Mm. And AJ actually said Rams. He didn't make any of my five picks. I, I vetoed the Rams. Who was his best pick? I thought they were bought the in with you. In, by make the final decision. Oh, I don't like that. You got, hey, take it from a guy that has been running the number one team in the history of the, the gold contest. And we were all on board with the oh, Bengals. Okay. I'm talking that, about. That's the great one. R.J. Bell. Well, no, but RJ the funny Vegas. thing is I'm finally going to tout and you say we. Like you scream we and start some other story. <laughs> but go ahead. At R.J. in Vegas. No, go ahead. Go ahead. The, the, the king of the fourth well, and fifth go, selections in. R.J. gets final say on all the um, – yeah, of the, the five thousand dollars super yeah. gold contest. But if you love something, except for that one week you slept in, and then I got to have final say. What was this? That was week fourteen of one week, like two but years, of years ago. ago. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't since Mackenzie moved to the no, night. No, no. And I didn't get up, or I told you guys ahead of time you got. You said it. you might have. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I'm not gonna just not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but I am sometimes afraid. You know how you doze off on a Saturday sometimes. At least you know you're working hard, but sometimes I'll doze off. I always worry I'm going to wake up and it's going to be 2 in the morning. But anyway, I'll tell you this. We would not have had the year last year that we had if McKenzie wasn't down there late. It just gave me more time to prep. I mean, it was even some of it is late line moves, but some of it is just more prep time. No doubt. So the deadline's 9 p.m. if you submit on the app. But should you be there in person, it used to be 11 p.m. Now it's midnight. Now that is a nice, I mean, you know, I get, we pay for his entry as a thank you in which he did the circuit this year. And then I said, hey, get Scott and AJ to buy in. You get to be the team. They put in like 200 each. Chances are you're not going to win any money. So now you still get all the joy and the branding, and those two give you 400 more. Free roll. Plus 400. That's pretty sharp, McCann. I mean, in a way, I'm trying to help you. I'm giving you the playbook. Oh, wait, that was I was on – rounders but yeah that's like yeah i gave kanish i gave it to you i <laughs> well, gave it to you and yeah, you didn't follow saying it. it yeah 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 okay so when you got the rest of this next week is going to be even more refined and it's going to be fun at the end i'm going to do uh, an out but i got or an outro it's going to be fun and a little joke so you might want to stick through and i'm trying to motivate you to stick through fez's monotone and then next game is that how you do it did you read the rotation numbers? I had McKenzie do it. The rotation numbers? No, just the 541, <laughs> 542. I had him bring Are, in the games. Is it me or the rotation numbers have, have, have dipped? People in general don't use them as much. They have because all the East Coast books don't even, they go chronological order and they don't, they don't. You know, I think that's an IP rotation. issue because Don Best has the IP on that, those rotation numbers, oh, intellectual right? property. Mm. All right, on to the rest of the show, but don't forget the end. It's the best part. Yes, sir. NFL Week 4 Market Report. We are taping this on Monday. We're going to give you our best synopsis of where the lines have moved so far and where we think they may well be heading going into the week. Mackenzie Rivers. What's up? What's up? You ready to rock? Absolutely. Let, you know, let's jump right into it. Thursday, we have a Thursday game. Let us know what's transpired so far. Bengals opened up as two-point favorites hosting the Dolphins. Now they're laying three points. Very good. And this is even leaking into three and a half. This is a fascinating game. So in terms of my power ratings, I make the game Cincinnati minus two and a half. Now, normally 
I trust my power ratings. My power ratings are what I bet upon unless there's extenuating circumstances, and we most certainly have it here. Specifically, we've got the Thursday night home team. We've got the road team with quite a bit of travel, about 1,000 miles. And more importantly, we've got a Miami team that played in 100-degree heat, game of the year, hosting the Buffalo Bills. Defense was on the field for 90-plus plays. You get where I'm going. Miami gets the win. It would be easy to see them making a business decision in this game. Anyone who is uh, questionable in the injury report, maybe needs a blow, might not play or might not get in the full game. I could easily see this being the type of game with high volatility. It would not surprise me if the Bengals won this game by 30 points, by example, because if I think if Cincinnati gets up by 10, I could see Miami saying, you know what, it's just not our day. So I would forecast that this line move, which has gone up already to Cincy minus 3, minus 3.2, would just continue moving forward. McKenzie, your thoughts? And to agree with you, you can't get much of a more exhausting game than beating the Super Bowl favorites in a sauna in Miami. Uh, quite a contrast to the sauna Miami. Oh, what's this? We've got a game in London, probably not going to be a sauna, in this one, 6.30 a.m. Sunday morning, right? Indeed. The Vikings open up as one-and-a-half-point favorites, quickly moves to two-and-a-half currently standing. In London, Vikings, two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Saints. Yeah, I make this game two-and-a-half, uh, you know, fascinating game. They're all fascinating, let's face it. <laughs> uh, Vikings, somewhat of a phony win last week, but uh, New Orleans all banged up. They um, The stats looked pretty good against Carolina, but the scoreboard didn't. And now we've got the running back Kamara banged up, their wide receivers, Michael Thomas, um, Jarvis Landry banged up. So New Orleans certainly has issues here. Uh, it's right where I make the power ratings, and frankly, there's reasons that I could look to fade both of these teams. So I don't think that I expect much in terms of where the market's going to move going forward. Next game, the Colts opened up as three-and-a-half-point favorites. They are currently in between three and and three-and-a-half-point favorites, hosting the Titans. You know, I only make this game two-and-a-half, so I'm showing value on Tennessee. Now, I get it. There are reasons to bet against both these teams, and Tennessee certainly looked awful the first two weeks of the season, but that was a pretty quality, clean win for Tennessee last week. That was not the case for Indianapolis against Kansas City. And that was basically Kansas City's home run game where they, excuse me, Indy's home run game where they really needed a good effort after starting so poorly. Um, I don't know. The play of the game could well have been when Indianapolis got sacked and somehow provoked Kansas City's linemen to use um, some verbal language that was deemed offensive by the officials. You see that 15-yard penalty? That got called McKenzie? I did. I couldn't believe it. I turned away. I had the Chiefs. I was like, all right, well, let me see what they do on their next possession because we're obviously getting the ball back. And then what? Matt Ryan at the 50? What's going on? <laughs> exactly. So only five minutes remaining in the game. And then ultimately, Matt Ryan, Matty Ice does lead him down for the touchdown. Because I make this two and a half, I tell you what, if you can catch a three and a half, I could only look that way with Tennessee in a game that should be ugly and it should be close. I think there's probably value in Tennessee, and I will forecast that uh, this line will close a solid three and not the current 3.25. Next game, the Giants. Oh, we're skipping that one, right? Yeah, so what we're going to do here, we're taping this prior to the Monday night football game. So we are going to skip the two the games involving the two participants in what should be a scintillating Monday night with the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. 
I did a high-level analysis of this game. I basically told people who asked me, whoever's favored shouldn't be, and tease either one of these teams if you get plus one up to plus seven and a half because I expect a 20 to 18 close game and I have no idea who's going to win. So not a lot of expertise other than you know betting acumen on that game, but we will be skipping those two games and specifically that Chicago-New York Giants, Washington-Dallas, but we're not going to leave you hanging. Bonus pod, come on back uh, tonight, by Tuesday, excuse me, and we will be dropping a pod just based upon those two games and my observations after I see the Monday night action for those two teams. We give the people what they want. Speaking of scintillating, the Buffalo Bills opened up as three-point favorites at Baltimore. They are now three-and-a-half-point favorites at Baltimore. Yeah, you know, I make this game three, and I would have loved Baltimore had they had Buffalo won the game at Miami to go to 3-0. and Obviously, some um, very heated reactions with the Buffalo coaching staff after they were unable to get the victory. Buffalo dominated the stats, you know, 200-plus yards. I just refuse to upgrade Buffalo, though. You lose as a five-point favorite, even if you win the stats. If you lose outright, I'm not going to go ahead and upgrade you. So I left Buffalo where they're at. I did upgrade Baltimore, which seemed like a nice, clean win against New England. I know that there were some turnovers for New England, but there could, frankly, there could have been more turnovers. Um, and specifically, Baltimore dropped an interception that would have um, made this game even more one-sided in the final score. So ultimately, well, if I make it three and it's three and a half, I could only look towards the home underdog, the Baltimore Ravens. Next game, the Chargers opened up as six-and-a-half-point favorites. They're down to five-and-a-half-point favorites. They are at the Texans. So the Texans are easy to power rate. If you didn't see the Chicago game, the Bears didn't win. The Texans lost uh, some really, really ugly quarterback play on both sides of the ball. Two equal teams, two bad teams tied for last in my power ratings. So I I left Houston where they're at, six points worse than average team. I have hemmed and hawed with the Chargers – Chargers are getting injured now, so Keenan Allen's still injured. Joey Bosa gets injured. Herbert's obviously, I guess they don't want to say he's got broken ribs, so um, he's got some broken cartilage still. He actually looked better than I expected. Obviously, the rest of the Chargers looked absolutely horrendous. Um, Mackenzie, I want to ask your opinion on this. So where do you think the Chargers fall in the NFL hierarchy in terms of power ratings? Are they an above-average team? a significantly above an average team or an average team entered the season confirmed above average with a 10 over under. Uh, They kept it close against the chiefs. They disappointed last week. I'm going to say they're a slightly above average team. You know, I brought them all the way down to zero. I have them in an average team. I'm on a little bit of an Island here, but I just don't like what I saw at all. The way they got rolled completely with Jack. When they played Jacksonville defense should play harder when the quarterbacks, you know, injured and Jacksonville just absolutely took it to them, especially in the second half. So with me having the Chargers as only an average team, not surprising. I see some value on Houston. I only make the game four, currently five and a half to six. The um, Sharps have already taken the plus six and a half. I still think there's probably a little value on Houston, an ugly, you know, an ugly dog team, but they, uh, they certainly play hard even if they don't have many playmakers. So I expect that this line move would probably continue in the direction it's gone. Mott's more of the same towards the dog. The Detroit Lions are favorite, and they're six-point favorites over the Seattle Seahawks. In fact, they opened six-point favorites, now six-and-a-half-point favorites. Can you believe it? 
Yeah, so these Lions, they, um, I don't think they're very clutch, but uh, they're certainly mm. they're playing very well. And, you know, I think the Lions also may be a dead nut over team. Do you have the line history on, on what the total is on this game? It must have been going up, right? Yes, let me. Well, while we pull that up, let me talk about the power ratings here. So I have on my power rating, I upgraded Detroit a full point. I know what you're saying. Wait a minute, Fez. They only covered by a point and a half. What are you doing? I felt they were in control of that Minnesota game. They got up double digits, not once, but twice in the game. Basically, a confluence of unlucky events at the end of the game led to their demise. Somehow, the Vikings win in regulation and win by four when um, there was no scenario the Vikings were ever going to win this game by more than four other than what happened. And as for Seattle, uh, you know, you're supposed to have a big home field advantage. I get it that Atlanta has improved, but and I get that Geno's playing a little better than we expected, but that defense is so banged up right now in the secondary that Atlanta has your way. What is Detroit going to do to you? I make this game five and a half. I actually downgraded Seattle a full point, and that makes Seattle a tie for the worst team in the NFL, and they have competition. So Seattle, Chicago, Houston, Jets. Four-way tie McKenzie, which one of those are the is the worst team in the NFL? It's a close call. I'm going to say the New York Jets because of the quarterback situation. Now, let me ask you. I'm assuming Wilson's coming back. I upgraded the Jets. We'll talk about them shortly. Um, is that a proper upgrade, or, is, or or Flacco Wilson doesn't matter? I think I think it doesn't matter. I don't I don't see how you can upgrade him. Zach Wilson's career high, 295 passing yards. Joe Flacco averaging over 300 through three games. Obviously not very efficient, but. I'd say he's at least as good as Zach Wilson at this point. You know, it's interesting. Having watched Joe Flacco play, other than the uh, brilliant one minute and 40 seconds um, to end the game against the Jets, I don't see how I can not upgrade them for anybody that's taking over. But um, like RJ says, you know, even though that shouldn't have happened, he could, could have just fallen down, Chubb. Then, uh, you know, it absolutely could have. You know, the irony of Cleveland is... is uh, we talked last week about how maybe Cleveland might be less likely to score on offense at the end of the game because um, if they had a lead, they would just you know milk it and not give the opponent a chance to get the ball. I guess what I didn't anticipate was a Northwestern Ohio State-type <laughs> ending. If you missed it, uh, Cleveland was uh, comfortably with a six-point Win, it was game had even been graded at a few of my books. All the teasers were winning. All the teasers were about to cash. Ten seconds to go. Exactly right. We it serves you right for only tease long teasers through the three, through the seven. So if you tease four and a half up to ten and a half, I'm sorry you lost, but don't tease through anything but the long teasers. And yeah, you got And if you teased four and a half to two and a half, you don't even want to talk to those people, I'm guessing. Um, no, but yeah, I, I, yeah that's, a diff- that's a different story. The bottom line here is that um, I'm surprised that I came close to this number. I made it five and a half, so I can't support Detroit going even higher. But, um, you know, the eye test says Detroit's been playing pretty darn well, and they're probably going to go ahead and get a comfortable win here. So I really don't want no part of the underdog. Next game, the Pittsburgh Steelers opened up three and a half. They are now three and a half point favorites hosting the Jets. All right. So I make this line only 3.25. You know what? I thought it would be all over Pittsburgh. And then I looked at my power ratings on these teams, and I had the Jets the worst team in the NFL. I got Pittsburgh minus four, so only two points better than the Jets. You know, my take on Pittsburgh, the, you know, just my gut take is that Trubisky is disappointed. Uh, Najee Harris isn't 100%. The defense can't stop the run at all. Chubb ran all over them. 
and they can't sack the quarterback without T.J. Watt, that puts them in contention for being one of the worst teams in the NFL. And I guess given that being the case, you know, I just I just cannot make a case at all for laying Pittsburgh um, in this game. It's going to be a pass for me. Would you agree with my assessment of Pittsburgh? Yeah, I don't want any part of Pittsburgh, <laughs> generally. Do we really want a part of the Jets? Exactly. Yeah, I'll be far away from that game. You know, my fr- I've got a friend that's a tremendous pro sports better, and his comment on the Jets, w- a lot of the sharps seem to always fall on them, similar to how they fell on Cleveland for years, when Cleveland and Cleveland would never cover, and he would just text me after they got blown out, and he'd go, good spot for the Jets next week, <laughs> meaning it's always a good spot. They're always off uh, a blowout loss that looks worse than it really was, and the stats not quite as bad, and maybe you could make a case. You know, It's like, oh, they, they, they played the Bengals statistically kind of even, yeah, because the Bengals you know, trashed them for, uh, the, for, in, for the first three quarters, and then you get some garbage yards. Right, very similar to the Ravens game. Oh, they were out-yarded, sure. Yeah, it's uh, not so impressive. Um, next game, what's our next game on the card here? Next game. The Philadelphia Eagles opened up as seven-point favorites. They're now six-and-a-half-point favorites hosting the Jaguars. Fly, Eagles, fly. You know, this was my ugliest recommendation. I said Washington, the commanders, had value against the Eagles. You know, it's time to upgrade the Eagles. So these two teams got massive upgrades. I upgraded the Eagles one-and-a-half points. I know they only won 24-8, to but they really won 24 to nothing. That game was done at halftime, and Hurts looks like such a good quarterback. Where do you have Hurts? Where would you have a McKenzie in your quarterback rankings right now? Zooming up the list, I'll tell you that much. Uh, he's got to be top 10 right now. He is in my top 10, so I have him tied for seventh. You want Stafford, Jackson, or Hurts? Which one are you going to put seventh? You mean who's the best of those three? Yes. I'd say Jackson right now. It's close. Yes. I've got them all equal, and obviously i got to put one first. So all things being equal, I put Stafford at the at the highest, just because you know came, came just won the Super Bowl. Just can't, can't won, blame me. You know, it's kind of like these these analysts saying, "Well, I make the Rams my number one power rated team." I always do that with the Super Bowl champion, and I feel like, "Well, thank you for playing." <laughs> right. I, I know what your power ratings are going to look like next year. I won't follow your power ratings <laughs> ever again. So Philly got a massive bump, one and a half, but these Jacksonville Jaguars. Whoa! Let's talk about this team. So we talked about the Chargers. I have them a dead average team. How close to an average team is Jacksonville now? What do you think? They got to be minus one at the worst, close to even, close to average. You know, that's what I was thinking. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, let's see. They just beat the Colts. Colts are supposed to win their division. They won 24 nothing. They just beat the Chargers, who are supposed to be, like, you know, right there to win the best division in football, 38-10. to that is eight very impressive quarters of football. Boom. I moved, the, I moved the Jaguars up two points. I have them as an average team now. So with that adjustment, I, I make the Eagles six and a half. So I've got a bet on team facing a bet on team. Oftentimes that means no bet on this game. I'll say this about Jacksonville. You know, you look at those skill position players. Here's a team that seemed to have none. And now all of a sudden, Kirk's running around, both the Jones at wide receiver. You got two really good running backs. The O-line, this O-line was supposed to be what, like, it was ranked like 25th coming into the season? Yeah. They look great. I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't know what has happened, but Jacksonville, um, I bet them to win the division last week at plus 280. 
Uh, I still I still think you can get plus 240. I think they're very live to make – excuse me, I actually bet them to make the playoffs. It's really probably the same bet. But um, small chance, you know, for a wild card. And I think that this is a team – what would you say, McKenzie, what would you put the probability Jacksonville makes the playoffs? 45%. Wow, 45. I mean, that's, that's what I think they're going to win the division. I mean, there's no good teams in that division. Yeah, so Houston has been eliminated – Right. Uh, Tennessee's terrible. One and, and two, not and, looking good. And the Colts are uninspiring, right? Exactly my thinking. So I'm yeah. thinking the Jaguars don't look good, but they probably have a coin flip with the Colts to win that division. Maybe take a look uh, look around what we can get on them for division right now while I go to the next game. I'll, do, I'll introduce the next game. Maybe we can pull that up in a couple books right now. Let's go on. Cleveland at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I, I go ahead and show that this open three – Money, all the money on Atlanta. That was, and I was part of that. I went ahead and played Atlanta plus three. Um, I think Atlanta is undervalued, so I upgraded Atlanta by a full point. I upgraded Cleveland by a point as well. I thought that they looked uh, very workmanlike, very effective against the Steelers. I liked what I saw there, but um, the bottom line is Atlanta. Well, I think RJ is right. RJ oftentimes says teams don't tank. How many times did we hear Atlanta's going to tank for some for somebody? To get a quarterback, well, maybe they have a quarterback. Um, Mariota continues to perform well. That offense, very good in Seattle, although Seattle was down three starters in the secondary. But uh, I've got Atlanta, three and a half points worse than an average team. So they started the year, I think, six and a half worse. So I've got them. Let me double check that. Uh, yes. Yeah, so Atlanta, I, I, I've got with a significant upgrade of two and a half points. I am minus six to start the year, but they're on the bottom of the barrel. My NFL rankings at second to last, and now they're moving into respectability. I, I make the game two. It's uh, it's moved down to two and a half. Certainly, if you missed out on the Atlanta plus three, you could look as a teaser candidate on Atlanta and what should be a competitive game. One concern I have, Atlanta stayed out on the West Coast, so they practiced at the University of Washington, and so they've been away from home for two weeks, and now they come home. Is that a distraction situation, or is this now that they have their first win, maybe a home momentum underdog situation? I think more the latter. What do you think, McKenzie? I feel like young teams that are up and coming build on an upset win like they had in Seattle, so I feel like more of the former. Yeah, this one really looks like it's going to be a close game that that does go down to the wire. Uh, what's our next game here on our schedule? Oh, and did we get a chance to, to see Jacksonville division futures? Yes, so the Colts are about even money. Jacksonville about 2-1, to one. Titans 3-1. to one. Like you said, Texans eliminated 22-1. to one. Mm, Interesting. I would say if you can get plus 225, that would be my buy price right now. I, I think your 47, 46, 40, uh, 45% was a little optimistic. But instead of division, look at the uh, to make the playoff odds because I think they're comparable. I think you're going to find the same thing. And heck, it's possible Indy figures out what they're doing wrong, and both these teams go ten and seven, and they both make the playoffs. And if you're like me, and if you follow Fezzik and get his information, you would know to bet the Chargers to, or the Jaguars to make the playoffs Sunday morning. Great time to bet it. Am you know, I right, Fez? Yeah. Let's let's freeze that because not freeze that, but let's continue and let's talk about the betting opportunity last week. So. I go ahead and get the news that um, Herbert's likely not to play, and the line's down to three. Immediately, my thought is, well, bet Jacksonville plus seven. Well, that's gone. Bet Jacksonville on parlay cards plus seven and a half. That's largely gone, although maybe not completely. Maybe bet some Jacksonville on teaser cards. Yes, the rare teaser. 
Um, well, you, you can tease seven and a half up to 13 and a half when the line's down to three on a teaser card. And then you go, it's kind of like a quarterback going through his progressions. So after I look at those, I think, all right, well, now there's games of the year. I don't know if that's really going to matter because Herbert's probably going to be okay after a week or so, two weeks. But let's look at season wins because Jacksonville was supposed to win that game against the Chargers maybe 0.25, point, eh, even, yeah, 0.25 of the time. Now they're going to win 40%. They basically just picked up 0.15 of a win, and the Chargers lost that. Because of that, and I already like Jacksonville over, and now let me be fair, there's listeners like, Fez, you gave us Jacksonville under 6.5 wins. Yes, I did. I apologize for that back in May. In my write-up, I came in late in August and or early September and said, wowza, my opinion has changed of this team. But early on, right off the bat, I did play Jacksonville under, and that is almost for certain looking to be a loser. And so I went ahead and looked to play Jacksonville back. I think their current number, 7.5, I got to tell you, I would only go over at this point. If we get middled, we get middled. But I think Jacksonville is going to win eight or nine games. I do think they're going to go over the 7.5. And similarly, while I was betting that Jacksonville bet, I was betting anti-Charger bets. You could get the Chargers under 10.5 wins. I know it looks phenomenal after Chargers lose outright and they look terrible. But that's an example of when you see news breaking, you know, this is kind of a new thing. You didn't used to see the markets putting up season win numbers on all these teams previously during the year. And now we're seeing it at DraftKings, FanDuel, um, Caesars here in Las Vegas, Caesars slash William Hill. I never know what to call it. Should I call it Caesars, Mackenzie? Which is it? It's Caesars, officially. We're in America. Caesars was started in America. Forget William Hill and them Brits. We're an American company. Caesars, baby. Hail Caesars. And I, I, by the way, my official sports books power ratings here. And no, I am not compensated in any way, shape, or form by any of them other than being part of their comp program, which is Lillian AT&T says, everyone gets the deal. Everyone gets it. Existing clients, new clients, they all get the deal. I don't get anything special. In fact, I spoke with Matt Metcalf about why my comps are so low at Circa, and he responded, we, Steve, we rate people into different categories. Everybody gets ratings. They, they, they get reward credits. You're just rated as an ultra sharp, whatever the top category is, so you get a lower comp rate than what um, someone else has. I won't embarrass anyone saying they're not an ultra sharp, like my friend Dollymon, who gets way more comp dollars than I do. <laughs> Come to the stadium pool. Get a, get a restaurant comps. Stay for a while. Listen. Gosh, you know, that stadium swim looks as good as it gets. Um, I digress. Top five. So number one, Circa, is my top sports book in Vegas. Number two is Caesars. They take big limits, big action, and lots of product, including season wins. You want to bet two dimes, three dimes on a season win on the NFL? No problem. They'll take it. Uh, number three, I still have the Westgate. I think Westgate does a whole lot of things. Tremendous, really good contest. Obviously, we're in the Super Contest Gold again. A lot of respect for John Murray and his crack team of analysts over there, including Ed Sammons. I just wish they would let me bet more on my app. They would respond, well, you could bet more, Steve, if you didn't keep doing things like betting the money line and betting plus two for max amounts within three seconds on things that are moving. <laughs> so you can see our concern. All right. Fair criticism. Uh, number four, MGM Mirage. I absolutely think that they're a go-to book and take big limits on on many selective things. They they are certainly worthy to be on the list. And then finally, number five, in a shocking upset, yes, the South Point. I know I can't play there. They still do um, 
Uh, Chris Andrews and his team do a whole lot of things right, so the legends at South Point running the book are still in my top five. Very magnanimous of you, Steve Fezzik. Moving on to the next game, Arizona Cardinals opened at Pickham. They are now underdogs at Carolina. Arizona Cardinals, underdogs, two-and-a-half-point underdogs at Carolina. I tell you, I'm not sure what magnanimous means. Um, I think that's like the chess champion of the world, Magnum. Um, <laughs> but uh, I tell you what, Arizona and Carolina aren't is magnanimous. Be, be, I'm sure <laughs> of that. Um this game, if you were listening last week, I went ahead. I was on Bernie's show on Saturday evening, uh, Bernie Fratto, friends of the show, and I, I, I actually gave this out and I said, Carolina should be favored in this game, and you're getting plus three and plus a dollar forty-five. So that's not a pass post. Uh, I gave that out to my clients, premium um, subscribers at pregame. Got that pick last week. I actually. Mackenzie, did you see? I, I I sent it not once but twice. Did you see that? I did. I double checked. I'm like, wait a minute. I text. I already bet that. What are you texting me for? I texted it as a two star play. Take Carolina plus three early in the week because I knew it couldn't last. There's no way it could last. And then Saturday night slash Sunday morning, I I checked the books and it was still plus three on these look ahead lines. It, it, it certainly was at DraftKings. And I said, you know what? Now we're going to make it a three star. So now I, I guess I've got five units of weight. I'll ask Tom if I'm if that's allowed or not. Um, well, B- bottom line is nobody gets these line moves more accurately. You're listening to the man tell you exactly how he makes the sausage. So I lowered Arizona by a point. Um, and it wasn't that bad on the final score, 12 to 20. They lo- lose to the Rams. But their first four series, three and out, three and out, four and out, three and out, never felt like they were in the game at all despite the Rams being depleted in the secondary. I think this team has major problems. Carolina, yeah, kind of a phony win. They got the fumble six. They hadn't gotten turnover all year long. Good for them. Um, so they rolled, um, but I didn't upgrade them any. Even without upgrading them, I have Carolina the better team by a point. That means I can't bring them all the way to three. I can bring them to like minus 2.6, 2.7. They're laying one and a half. If I had to bet it, even though I took Carolina plus three, I would lay the one and a half if I absolutely positively had to bet it. Now, I did want to address this. I got several people asking me, Fez, should, I, I bet a ton on Carolina on the money line, plus 145, plus 140, and plus three. Should I play back now on the alternative line and take Arizona at the minus three and catch like the plus 140 that way? Um, I'm a huge believer when you hedge something, all things being equal, if you can hedge it by playing the point spread, that's the way to go because there's such a wider swath of product available from each and every book. It's very rare that you can't find a better way not to go ahead and just play the point spread or play the teaser in this case. And you're not completely hedging your position, but you're getting greedy. You're trying to middle. And you know the expectation's higher by doing it that way. So in this case, I'm holding out for a three. It's not going to come. But who knows? You can't be certain. If it hits three... Absolutely, I'll take Arizona. You know, if it stays right at the one and a half to two line, I'm not showing any value betting Arizona. I hate to give away my profits. I'm probably just going to pop in some long teasers with Arizona from plus two to plus eight. It won't be my favorite teaser, but you know what? It's going to be kind of hard not to take in some Arizona plus eight when I got some Carolina plus three, McKenzie. Sharp bettors don't bet teams. They bet numbers. Great example of it right there. Value on either side, depending when you get at that number. The Las Vegas Raiders, open two, stayed two. They're hosting the Denver Broncos in week four. 
Yeah, this Denver Bronco. Um, yeah, so the, the, the Colorado Bronco, Broncos. <laughs> they won 11 to 10 against San Francisco. Um, oh, that wasn't a baseball game. That was a football game. This offense is just ugly right now. Absolutely ugly. I brought Denver down. You know, it's fun to talk about teams. Are they better than average, worse than average, or average? Where would you put Denver, McKenzie? I'd say better than average, not by much. Yeah, I was torn. You know, I, I made him average just because I really don't like the coaching staff. So I put him at a zero. I have Las Vegas actually slightly below average, only minus a half, which is kind of a shocking upset given Vegas is um, 0-3 right now. But they've been in all their games. Uh, but Tennessee really did take it to them for most of the game. Uh, with the two-point of home field, although there'll be plenty of Bronco fans here in Vegas, I make Vegas a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So no value in either direction with both teams. You know, with, with Vegas really needing the game, they do have more incentive. Certainly a teaser candidate with Denver. We'll keep an eye on this line. I'm really not sure which way it moves. Actually, that's not true. I think the must-win 0-3 Vegas will continue to take the money. I can't see it getting to three. I certainly see it getting to two and a half, though. Lots of movement in this line. The Green Bay Packers opened up at nine and a half with injury news. They're now 11-point favorites hosting the Patriots. And I make it 11, so it's going to be hard to find value. Um, I do have the Mac um, being an average quarterback. I have Hoyer three and a half points worse. The irony of that is that I've got not only do I have both these quarterbacks rated as average for their roles, the starting quarterback, but I have Hoyer as an average backup quarterback at minus three and a half. So a three and a half point downgrade, downgraded New England for the performance against Baltimore. That lands me on 11 with an upgrade for Green Bay of half a point, um, whose defense is certainly playing well. Offense struggled. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about when there's lines moving like this game. You can often find value with ancillary bets. And I can tell you, this is a game that popped up to, um, I saw nines and nine and halves at a book. And when the news was breaking, you know, that New England wasn't going to have their quarterback. But the first half line was minus four. I think it was minus 15, but it was minus four. That was outstanding value. So here's a case where I went and grabbed a piece of Green Bay in the first half just because I got a number that I knew was too good to be true, an 11-point favorite, pretty much a no-brainer. You're going to make that a first half minus 7, maybe 6.75. So minus 4 was the bet to be made during a very small window. Kansas City Chiefs visit Tampa Bay. They opened up as a a 1.5-point dog. They are now a field goal underdog, the Chiefs are. At Tampa Bay. So I think Tampa Bay's easy. We'll downgrade them. I moved them down a point. They have no offense. Kansas City's not so easy. So Kansas City, they get the, the crazy 15-yard penalty for verbally assaulting the other team. Um, they miss an extra point. They miss a field goal. A lot goes wrong for Kansas City in a game. They really should have won against Indy. Yet I downgraded them by half a point. You know, part of the reason I downgraded them is I just said, you know, I don't think I've adjusted enough for their kicker Butker's absence, and maybe I should have done this already, but um, I do think that that is certainly a big deal, you know, not having your kicker, and especially a dependable one like Butker, um, just go ahead and ask the Buffalo Bills about that. So because of that and the half-point downgrade, I only make this game a half, which feels wrong. It feels like Kansas City's going to win this game. Um I know there's two and a half. There's some threes in the marketplace. I can't think that the threes are going to hold, but I think anything less than three, there's going to be support for Kansas City. All they have to do is win the game. Seems like one of these games that 
it might start blipping two and a half, three, two and a half, three back and forth. Which which way do you think it closes, McKenzie? I feel like there's ant uh, there's anti momentum in the marketplace for the Buccaneers. I think the Chiefs will get backed. Minus three would be my guess. Do you think um, this whole Brady Giselle trouble in paradise is this um, is this just media driven or is this a, a, a real thing? Well, it's a real thing and that there seems to have some sort of marital issues where she didn't want him to unretire and and he did. Oh, uh, we don't but we don't care about that. We don't we yeah, don't we care, care about, about the happiness of the Brady family. Exactly. We just care about the power rating of the Bucks. And is it a real thing that the that that, that it's impacting their power rating? No, I think the wide receivers being out hurts Tom Brady's performance. I don't feel like he's, you know, giving eighty five percent because he's having marital trouble. Yes, although we finally had a, had a gauge sighting here um, with the uh, the yeah, one sole catches yeah. t- t- and the sole touchdown for for Tampa Bay. Question for you: um, Evans is supposed to come back. Um, any idea where he's going to be health wise? One hundred percent, right? Because he was banged up, but he got suspended. This might be a good thing, right? Exactly. Yeah, just an extra week of rest. I mean, if anything, he's he has a chip on his shoulder. He actually, tried to appeal that a suspension unsuccessfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one game left, correct? Yes. Let's go to Monday Night Football. The San Francisco 49ers opened up as two-point favorites, remained two-point favorites, hosting the L.A. Rams. So we are not we don't talk Monday Night Football much because it's so far ahead, but we have to with this game because we have San Francisco expert Mackenzie Rivers, who if he does not have an opinion on this game, he will not be allowed to do the podcast next week. So formulate something, Mackenzie. <laughs> um, I, a power rating-wise... San Fran is without their left tackle. I was going to leave them. I was I was going to lower them. Let's see what I did with San Francisco. Uh, obviously, a disappointment against Denver. Yes, I, I lowered them half a point, and then I lowered them another half point because Williams, their left tackle, is out. And I think he's worth a full half point. Would you agree? Yes, at least. And, and so maybe even I, I should adjust more. So I have San Fran a half point better, two for home field. That's generous, not a big home field. That makes it two and a half. That is where we're currently at with this game. But I want to talk serious history because the Rams just beat the crap out of Arizona. They own Arizona. But McVay, he might own Kingsbury, but he does not own um, the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Do you think any, there's anything to that that Shanahan is out coaching him? Is it matchups? What's going on? I think it's mostly matchups. So the Rams, they're a very top-heavy team in terms of roster construction. They spend a lot of money on Jalen Ramsey. A lot of money on Aaron Donald, those types of guys. What they don't spend a lot of money on is a linebacker core. And they brought in veteran Bobby Wagner, but still, that's you know he's a veteran. He's out of his prime, not spending a lot of money on linebackers. 49ers, more than any other team, attack you in the middle of the field. So that's why I think it's worked out. Six wins in a row. Obviously, the playoff win was a cover. Wish it was a win, though. Look at line was minus one. Rams did win that playoff game 20-17. to 17. Um the money has been matriculating on San Francisco up to two and a half, but I this sure has the feel of there is no way in heck that the markets are going to go ahead and let this game get to three. Would you concur? Oh, yeah. No way. No possible way. Yeah. Um, so that is the week four market report here on Monday. We are going to come back later on uh, tonight after the Monday night game ends and have an update on those two games. I did want to go ahead and spend five minutes on what is a new phenomenon, specifically the season wins. And, you know, I've considered having a season win report, but I think I'm just going to do each and every week a little Easter egg. I'm going to put out a season win best bet 
on each and every one of these pods because I think there's outstanding value you can have. Um, because basically, I think what's happening is that the odds makers, they're busy. They're, they're, they're setting so many different lines. NBA is right around the corner. And here's a situation where it's really easy to take what a team's season win was last week and just adjust for whether they won or lost by half a game and make a modest adjustment. I think they did that. I think they made a mistake with it. Um, the team that I'm going to take a look at here with the season win markets is the Washington Commanders, the football team, the Commandos, uh, the Redskins, however you want to call them. Mackenzie, give me an over-under. Don't peek. Washington football team, currently 1-2. and two. How many games does Washington win? Let's see. They had a 7.5 to start the season. I don't think they're much adjusted from that. I'm going to say over under seven. Yeah, and you've certainly got the direction right. So they, I think 7.8, the Shark Books were actually leaning over. And I think, you know, we spoke right here about a lot of reasons for optimism for this Washington team. I think those those reasons have uh, crumbled so much. And I don't like what I'm seeing at all from the Washington defense. I don't like what I'm seeing from Wentz. Bottom line is, I would be shocked if Washington was able to get to eight and nine at this point. They got to play above five hundred the rest of the the rest of the way. I guess they got to play seven hundred, so they got to go seven and seven to get to eight wins. I cannot see that happening. I mean, in in terms of power ratings, I got Washington four points worse than the average team, twenty fifth in the league, fast falling. I downgraded them significantly from last week. I thought that that was an utter and complete no-show against the Philadelphia Eagles with the rest of the division playing well um, versus expectations, certainly with the Dallas without Dak, the Eagles flying, styling. Washington football team under 7.5 wins that's available right now at uh, FanDuel. That would be my best bet. We can grade me minus 135. That is the line at William Hill that has under 7.5 minus 135. So available at multiple books. That is my best bet for um, season wins here on our opening market report week four. This has been the NFL week four market report. This is not generic. (laughs) Stay tuned for more stuff later. Bye-bye.